Hello and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson, this week bringing you news about the Proud Boys in the United States and Canada, results from the local elections in Madrid, political violence in India, and infighting in the Republican Party in the United States. News about the Proud Boys in the United States, the Proud Boys, of course, being the largest, or at least they have been the largest and most effective of the fascist organizations to emerge out of the alt-right explosion that uh, erupted concurrently with the Donald Trump administration. Proud Boys in Canada has officially dissolved, uh, is recent news. Uh, They had previously been held responsible by the Canadian government for their participation in the January 6th attempted coup in the United States. Uh, Gavin McGuinness, the founder of the Proud Boys, is himself a Canadian citizen and resides in the United States on a green card. Uh, Additionally, in the United States, the leader of the Proud Boys nationally, uh, Enrique Tarrio, uh, has decided that he's going to represent himself in court. Uh, This is coming from Vice Media. Uh, The case that he's representing himself in is a civil suit uh, that has been brought against him by a historically black church in the D.C. metro area. The church accuses Tario and several other defendants, but Tario specifically, of defacing the church uh, back in December 2020 uh, in an attack on a Black Lives Matter uh, sign, uh, signage that the church had up. Uh, They accused Tario of uh, taking down the sign and actually burning it. Uh, And in response, Tario, you know, made himself a little Kickstarter to fund his defense. Uh, He then decided, I guess, just pocket that money uh, because he's going to defend himself. Um, if the church's extremely large and very successful team of lawyers uh, are successful in the prosecution of Dario, uh, they could gain access to a lot of information about the Proud Boys. Uh, specifically, um, this is a tactic that has been used previously against uh, a lot of right-wing forces, fascist organizations in the United States, when they couldn't face um, criminal prosecution you know, because of their connections to the law enforcement apparatus or for one reason or another. Specifically, because this is a civil suit uh, trying to seek damages for property destruction, if the court finds in favor of the church, then the church would be able to legally seek out assets of uh, Tario or of the Proud Boys, the organization, uh, in an attempt to seize those assets as compensation uh, for the property damage that um, Tario is responsible for. Uh, like I said, this is something that had previously been done against other right-wing forces. Uh, we'll have to see if it's going to be successful in this case. It's complicated somewhat because the Proud Boys are not technically an incorporated body nationally. So there's going to have to be a lot more legal wrangling on this issue before it can get resolved. Moving to Europe, we see that in the Madrid local elections, uh, there's been an extreme level of success for the far-right party Vox, and an actually extremely disappointing result uh, for the left-wing party Podemos. Uh, Podemos is a coalition of left-wing parties in Spain, and uh, the failure of Podemos in the Madrid local elections has led its leader uh, to probably seek uh, resignation from his position in the party. Uh, Vox outperformed the left pretty heavily, Uh, And the leading party in that election is the PP, the Partido Popular, the People's Party, uh, which is a socially conservative sort of Christian democratic party uh, that has been a major force in Spanish politics uh, ever since the conclusion of the Franco regime uh, back in the 1970s. Now, the meteoric rise of Vox is really terrifying in Spain um, because they represent a sort of 21st century turn of the Franco ideology, which uh, at its worst, at its most virulent, is actual fascism. Uh, And at a sort of more stable, more banal level, uh, is an extremely violent 
nationalistic right-wing ideology. Uh, speaking of violent nationalistic right-wing ideologies in Europe, uh, in Germany, a recent report uh, that has been reported on by The Guardian shows that criminal activity is extremely high in that country. Specifically, politically motivated crimes are on the rise. Uh, politically violent crimes have risen by almost 10%. Uh, most of those are committed by the right wing in Germany. Uh, and also the right wing is guilty of the vast majority of speech-related crime in Germany. Germany has a very serious um, hate crime legislation, especially when it comes to speech. Um, this is from the legacy of the Nazi movement in Germany. Uh, if you want to know more about the Nazi movement, listen to the special episode this week. Um, so Germany has a lot of laws uh, about hate speech and specifically about uh, anti-Semitic hate speech and racist hate speech in general. And so the right wing has been guilty of violating those laws for, you know, the entire time that they've existed. But uh, there's been a recent massive surge in the amount of those violations in the last couple of years. And this is because the right wing is on the rise, not just in Germany, not just in Europe, but throughout basically the entire world. And elsewhere in the world, there is news from the Times of India that there is a massive uh, spate of political violence in Bengal, uh, in India. Uh, so far, at least 14 have died. Uh, the main uh, combatants in this conflict are the BJP, the ruling party in India, and an anti-communist party, the All India Trinamool Congress, the TMC, uh, which is a local party, uh, a specifically Bengal party. Uh, the Prime Minister of India, uh, Modi, uh, has been contacting allies in that region in an attempt to stop the violence, uh, which is motivated both by political, you know, political logic, you know, the, the violent participants are members of these opposite parties, uh, but it's also really infused with interpersonal violence. Uh, so there's uh, a lot of evidence that violence against women uh, plays an extremely big role in this, you know, surge of political violence in this region. And I'm bringing this up um, specifically to remind you all uh, that once political violence becomes a part of a political system, it can become very banal, it can become very normal, very everyday, and connect with pre-existing levels of interpersonal, interfamilial, or other kinds of violent logics. Uh, and this is exactly what we're seeing in Bengal. And we have to hope that this violence uh, subsides and also that the power of these nationalist parties uh, fades uh, because their whole goal, their whole purpose uh, is to achieve political power through violence or through the threat of violence. Going back to the United States, there's something I missed from last week, and that's partly because, you know, last week just had a whole lot of news in it. Uh, there was an op-ed, a sort of like opinion piece, published in a leading conservative magazine in the United States. The magazine is called The American Mind, and the article is called Conservatism is No Longer Enough. Uh, essentially, uh, conservatism no longer enough. This essay uh, pushes an us versus them narrative. Uh, the claim is that the right wing's political position in the United States has now reached the point um, that it is no longer sufficient to call yourself conservative, uh, that the United States has been fully divided um, in enemy versus ally. Uh, and if you remember a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about the, um, the ideology of Carl Schmitt, this is exactly that kind of stuff, right? Defining politics in terms of one's enemies and one's allies. Uh, interestingly, this us versus them narrative that this right wing news source is trying to you know establish uh, in this in this paper uh, is not racially or nationally defined it's politically defined specifically now it, it definitely talks about race and it talks about nationality specifically when when it brings up the idea of immigration uh, but the claim is that the people in the united states who are not right wing 
are just as antithetical to the mission of the United States as they claim immigrants are. Now, this is an extremely disturbing development uh, in the political ideology of the right wing in the United States. Their claim is essentially that there's no longer anything to, quote, conserve. Uh, what they want is a counter-revolution, uh, the creation of an entirely new United States, an entirely new United States system of politics and governance and ideology. Uh, the article says that they want to, quote, re-establish America's ancient principles. Now, that is an extremely disturbing thing uh, to hear somebody on the right wing say what they are talking about really is a call to political violence. Uh, they think that the United States is in need of uh, or about to see a civil war, essentially is what they're saying, right? They're saying that the United States is divided into two camps, that there can be no reconciliation between those two camps. And most interestingly, the two camps that they're talking about are not like liberals versus conservatives. It's not Republican versus Democrat. It's the patriots, you know, the people who are reading and writing this letter and everyone else, uh, conservatives, liberals, people of color, queer people, everybody, right? The right wing considers its enemies to be the whole nation, uh, which is illegitimate and in their minds foreign, uh, which means that it is less than, that it is wrong, that there's something wrong with it. Uh, and seeing this kind of ideology spread and really just like take hold within the conservative movement, within the pre-existing right-wing, you know, mainstream in the United States is horrifying. And finally, speaking of uh, horrifying turns and changes uh, within the mainstream conservative and right-wing movement in the United States, uh, we have a turn within the Republican Party against the sitting Congressperson from Wyoming, Liz Cheney. Uh, yes, that Cheney. She is the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney. Uh, this is part of a general revolt uh, within the Republican Party against uh, what they have for a very long time, you know, maybe probably since the, the Gingrich 1990s revolution, uh, a revolt against the rhinos, um, R-I-N-O, Republicans in name only. Uh, except this time, uh, the rhinos are not like, you know, Rockefeller or moderate Republicans. There are any Republicans who do not like Donald Trump. And so Cheney is being targeted by this faction of the Republican Party, this far right faction that, that hitched itself to Donald Trump and continues to, uh, even in the wake of his attempted coup, even after his uh, second impeachment trial. Uh, they're going after Cheney for two main reasons. Uh, the most you know, banal normative one is that she's connected to this older wing of the party, the neoconservative wing, uh, Cheney himself, right? Her, her father. Uh, she's more hawkish than they are, which is sort of like out of step with their increasingly domestic nationalistic focus. But of course, the big thing uh, is that she continues to criticize Donald Trump, former president, uh, and actually voted to impeach him. Uh, that is an unforgivable offense for them. Uh, other Republicans who uh, committed the similar offense uh, are in lists over and over again uh, when this faction of the Republican Party talks about its political enemies. Uh, among them are, of course, the senator from Utah, uh, Mitt Romney, who was just like, you know, less than 10 years ago, the Republican nominee for the president of the United States. You can see how quickly this kind of thing shifts around, right? The right wing is gaining massive traction within the party, uh, and it is in the person of Donald Trump, it, it, it's, it's part of his, you know, um, personality cult. Uh, this is something that we see in a lot of dictatorships uh, and also just like a lot of populist movements and right wing movements in particular throughout the world. 
so Cheney is being uh, really targeted seriously by the remainder of the Republican Party. Uh, she has faced these problems before, and the the you know the party apparatus was on her side. Now, uh, Congressperson McCarthy, the minority leader in the House, uh, the Republican minority leader, is on the team trying to remove her from her leadership post. Currently, she's the third most powerful Republican in the United States House of Representatives. Uh, she's also going to get primaried uh, in November, uh, which is going to really, really hurt her uh, because, you know, Donald Trump, an extremely popular figure on the right wing in the United States, has said that he'll support anybody who primaries anybody who voted to impeach him. Uh, and him swinging his weight around in a state as small as Wyoming could really, really affect that election. This is uh, evidence of massive changes of what's called realignment within the Republican Party. It's realigning along a much more nationalistic, much more violent, um, and frankly, much more propagandistic uh, wing uh, than, than, than even the Cheney, like neoconservative wing, right? Uh, Trump's central claim uh, that the election was stolen from him is patently false. Everybody knows it's not true, uh, especially these like political leaders, you know, many of whom are like, lawyers and you know professional business executives and stuff like that these people are not being fooled they just can see where the wind is blowing right they know that the party is realigning in this more nationalistic direction and they want to get on board it's a perfect example of how infighting within the republican party is moving it further and further to the right All right that was 15 minutes of fascism a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right i'm craig johnson thanking sleepy kitty arts and sleepy kitty music for our intro outro and graphics uh, if you enjoyed the podcast uh, please like share and subscribe with friends family and comrades uh, and if you really like the podcast check out my patreon at patreon.com 15 minutes of fascism that's 15 minutes of fascism all one word all right i'll talk to you next week